Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. Hey, welcome to this episode. And we today are going to be talking to Mark about the question of, was Jesus a youth pastor? So Mark, are you ready for this? I think this is a pretty sweet topic. Yeah, I love that question. And the answer is kind of yes and no, but let's go a few places and then try to come back to the question. Yeah. Was Jesus a youth pastor? Um, I specifically love this question because I can remember points of my life where I was like, you know, Jesus is great and he's my savior, but like, why is this dude walking around with like out a job and a pack of kids following him around? Like it made no sense to me at that time. Right. Sure. And the more I learned about the first century and antiquity in general, the more I came to understand the process of teachers taking on students and kind of trying to place their whole life inside of those students. Right. Wow. And there are many examples of teachers and students in the ancient world, whether it's Plato teaching his students at the academy, Aristotle at the Lyceum, Epicurus in the garden. But I would argue in the Jewish tradition, something amazing happens that I've not found anywhere else. And it's that the goal of a teacher or a sage taking on students is completely centered around a text not a philosophy or a single person even, but like scripture itself. And it almost raises the bar when Jesus says to his disciples that he's fulfilling scripture and to make more disciples of me, not of you, right? Like they're supposed to grow up and make their own disciples. And that's not what Jesus commands them. It's actually make me again and again and again, right? right? So this idea though of, a rabbi, if, if you're used to the term rabbi, is basically the Aramaic term for my great one or my revered one. And that's the idea. You revered your teacher almost like you would revere a father. And the teacher viewed the student almost like one of their kids, right? Like you almost adopted this kid and took them on a journey to become like you. And the goal yeah. was to almost clone yourself in the students that were following you. And if you were a student, your goal was to, well, like live, breathe, talk, honestly, even go to the bathroom, like your master, right? I mean, you wanted to be just like your rabbi. So rabbis took on students like the disciples. And honestly, they were younger. They were not, they were not a bunch of young adults starting careers. They were a lot of times like teenagers like we lead today, right? Wait, so they're not like 60 year old guys that are balding and no, because they, no? those guys really should get jobs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, no. Um, when you walk, when you walk around with a seventh grader through a 12th grader and you're trying to shape them and form them, honestly, you're acting like a rabbi, especially because your goal is to give them their best shot at understanding how to live out scripture in the world. And our yeah. best example of that is Jesus, right? Sure. But, but so, oh, but, so but how do you know that Jesus didn't just have 40 year old guys? Like, how do we know that it was maybe like seventh through 12th graders that he was walking around with? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, um, we know, we know Peter was married because of Jesus most cruel miracle when he <laughs> raised his mother-in-law from the dead. 
Um, just kidding. That's from right? my, Greek pro- my Greek professor, Dr. Meters, was an ornery banjo player. and He used to tell that joke. That's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we know Peter was married and we know he had to pay the temple tax. So sure. he's over 18. But Peter's the oldest disciple. A kid like John was a lot younger. And when we start to date some of the gospels that carry the names of the disciples, well, then we have to ask how old were they? And they seem to, they seem to really be in the ballpark of the students you're leading, which is yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. And the fact that, and you're probably going to talk about this, right? But Bet Madrash and the type of, you know, when they started to usually start to follow a rabbi was in their teenage years. Yeah. I'm sure you're probably going to hit on that, but I think we'll do like Jewish education from the ground up at some point. Yeah. For but sure. the idea, um, the idea is the rabbis taught in a Beit Midrash or a house of learning or a study house. Mm-hmm. And Torah was like the only and highest subject. So none of that math junk. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about Jesus and his ministry is that he's from the Galilee mm-hmm. and the Galilee kind of adds another layer to this that I think is really helpful as a youth pastor. Okay. And that's this concept of Torah embodiment. The Galilean sages are a lot of times less concerned that their kids are masters of the text and scrupulous about arguing about the Bible and more concerned that their learners kind of do the text with their feet. I guess it's like less about their head and more about them embodying scripture, right? right? For sure. So you tried to become like your rabbi and you talked about scripture all the time, but the way you really let it solidify in yourself was embodying the text. And that's a lot of times why Jesus gets in arguments with people that just want to argue in circles about the biblical text. And instead, Jesus is after a lot of times the heart behind the text and how to embody it. Right now, think about that leading students, though, Heather, yeah. we we lead students and some of us feel like we know a lot about the Bible. Some of us just love students and we're doing the best we can. Right. Sure. And all of us are at different levels of training and ability to engage with the text. And you know what? That's OK. Jesus yeah. goal was really to embody a life with God in God's kingdom for his disciples in a way that they could get it. And I think that's our job. Like if, if we had to sum up, why is this important today? Mm -hmm. If you're doing your best to embody the life of Jesus for your kids, well, you know what? Everything else is important, but not as important as that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So the disciples were most likely teenagers because of what we know about Jewish history and the Jewish educational Mm -hmm. system and the reality that in the gospels, when Jesus and the disciples were in Capernaum. Peter and himself, Jesus, were the only ones that paid the temple tax for those 20 years older and above, right? And so, look, the disciples were teenagers. That's awesome. And so Jesus shows up on the scene, and he's like the first youth, well, one of the first youth pastors, right? I just get so, like, my, pardon my, well, for a better term, but my panties in a wad, right? Because, like, uh, as my dad used to say, when I get upset because people are like, oh, youth ministry is not supported in the Bible. I'm like, whatever. Jesus was a youth pastor, right? Yeah, for so, sure. For yeah. sure. And you know what? I've done a lot of jobs in churches now. And I can tell you being a youth pastor is as hard as it gets and as important as it gets. And yes. think about the beautiful opportunity to simply do what Jesus did with kids 
who need the same grounding instruction and heart change as the kids that Jesus was walking around with. It's, it's like such an honor. And honestly, it's a high calling. Our goal is to follow Jesus, to be the greatest disciples we can. And even more weighty as a youth pastor, you follow Jesus best when you take on the practices of a rabbi and teaching your own learners, because that's what Jesus did. It's a crazy high calling. Yeah, totally. So Mark, leave us with the final thought. Um, If I'm a youth worker listening to this episode, what's my take home? Yeah. Can I leave you with a quote by uh, Rabbi Elazar Ben Shamua? Yeah, that sounds like a sweet name. Yeah, you can just call him uh, Rabbi E. He used to say, let the honor of your students be as precious to you as your own. And the honor of your colleague as the respect due to your teacher, like the one who taught you Torah, and the respect towards your teacher as the reverence for God. So we have this step up, up, up to how we revere God. And then each step we take backwards, we're supposed to have the same amount of awe and respect. Think about that with the kids we work for. Their reputation, their life's journey, Mm-hmm. They're coming to know and follow Jesus yep. should be as precious to us as our own. Isn't wow. that beautiful? That's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. If that was 160 characters, I would tweet that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They weren't awesome. always the most uh what uh economic. Sure. There you <laughs> cool, go. Cool, cool. Well, hey. well, we gotta tell them how to find stuff, right? Yeah, totally. Well, hey, join, thanks for joining us on this episode of the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. If you like this episode, would you just go and write us a quick review or possibly go and check out some of the work that we got going on at firstcenturyyouthministry.com? You can pick up a book, the book, you can pick up the book, First Century Youth Ministry there as well. And we'll check you out next time. For sure. Bye, everyone.